Welcome to another Toonami Preflight, where today we're talking about the three R's, reading, writing, and racing. We're going to be talking about Redline, the fourth R. Yep. Um, which you did a moving pictures for... Like a year ago. Yeah. Around episode 87, probably, if memory serves. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, then we're going to go through some of our favorite racing movies. Uh, we've got a whole sh- pile of... I'm trying to work on my language. Why? I don't know. Did somebody tell you to... No. You got a swear jar at home? No. Probably should, though. Do you swear a lot at home? Uh, I mean, no more than here, but I swear a lot in general. So mm, yeah. I don't like go home and thank God I can start swearing. But gotcha. From time to time. Got to go to an elementary school tonight, so I was just trying to tamp it down. Why do you have to go to an elementary school tonight? It's a uh, poetry night. At, uh, oh, so, of course, grade. of course, you need to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't need to be. I'd like to be. Yeah, of course. The highlight like, of the- like to go hang out with fifth graders. Yeah. yeah and sixth cool. graders. Cool. All right. Uh, so let's talk Redline. Number, we're really skipping around now. Um, I don't even know. 18, probably? Yeah, I mean, it's top 20, for sure. Uh, 2010? Yeah, it's fairly recent. Release? Yep, it was actually supposed to be 2009, and they kept having to push it, but it was like seven years in the making. It was crazy. Yep. From Studio Bones. Madhouse. Bones. It's Madhouse, not Bones. Sure. I don't think so. Well, let's look while you keep talking about it. And, see what uh, else you learned. Well, I may not have learned anything. I mean, we'll find Could out. Could be over. We'll find out, but go ahead and keep talking. Uh, director Takashi Koeki's directorial Koike. debut. Koeki's directorial debut. Koike. You fucking. Koike. Koike. Koike's <laughs> directorial debut. Um, uh, yeah, not quite his directorial debut. But feature. Yeah, featured debut. Yeah. Um,. This yeah, is house. kind of a classic racing tale of mm-hmm. starting in the B League kind the of, and so in this yeah. movie, it's the yellow line. It's uh, so the red line is the big. It's the, it's it's the show. It's basically a. It's IGPX. I mean, <laughs> they're all based on Formula One, so right. it's basically a Formula One race in the future. It's an intergalactic race that anybody can take part in. And there are different, just like Formula One, there are different sort of levels of based on skill and achievement that you get in. And we start the movie with the final race in the Yellow Line series because the people who do well in the Yellow Line have a shot at getting into the Red Line, which is the biggest race. So, yeah, it's a lot of the similar similar tropes from IGPX. It also stars a main character who's very similar to Space Dandy yeah. in terms of his look, his pompadour. Um, and it's very much the standard racing movie thing where you've got the underdog kind of half-ass guy who has maybe the makings of a champion, but... Through pure pluck, a yeah, and his non-traditional look. hero. And then you have a whole bunch of really colorful... Other uh, racers, including uh, one that he's in, he's sort of falling in love with, uh, and then you have this backdrop of this big interstellar sort of stuff going on because the red line this time is taking place, I guess, somehow against the will of the president, ro- ro- the robot <laughs> army. Yeah, it's taking place on a on a planet where the race has been outlawed, and they and the head, the the person who is the sort of president of this world has said he'll execute anyone he catches doing the race. So they decided to have the race in a demilitarized zone that was granted uh, on behalf of the government of this planet to refugees from other worlds. So they can't technically be there, but they're going to try and stop it anyway. So you have basically all these these drivers sort of and their rivalries, some of which are crooked, the mob is involved, and then some of which are just rivals. And then you also have the government trying to actively stop it. And that's overlaid on top of this insane race where there's basically no rules. I mean, yeah. it's a lot like the IGPX in that it's it's um, it's a, kind of a it's speed death but race. You can also, yeah, it's like the, you can fire, mi- race, fire like missiles sort of, at yeah. each other. You it's, can have weapons. Yeah. And all, everyone else is in the movie is armored is armed up i think it definitely owes a debt to pod racing yeah for sure like i mean it came out this movie was uh, like you know a good 
13 years after, or no, let's see, 10 years after Star Wars Episode One. So I feel certain that, I mean, among the other influences, you can see sort of in the designs, like a Jack Kirby kind of influence. I mean, you can see in just in that picture alone. Um, that's my favorite character. Um, but there's, there's clearly a strong influence from uh i think from episode one from yeah. pod racing just in th- the just the idea of the this sport being intergalactic and all these colorful aliens the movie starts off with these like dog people chewing on like pistachios watching the race um and it's just a really really beautifully animated movie it's probably one of the best looking anime i've ever seen um koike's style is so particular and he, the character designs are just incredible as well as the colors, like literally everything about it. And the story's not that. It's not that involved and it doesn't really make a lot of it's just, sense. It's just, a, it's, it's just an animation showcase, yeah. really. Um, and weird, it, weirdly, there was a um, pilot for this movie that came out in four parts as part of a DVD magazine that they used to have back in the in the mid 2000s when both of those things were a thing it, it was called grasshopper and, it, and they would put out one every couple months and there was a subtitled pilot that involved two of the characters from this that end up showing up in this movie and it's made by Koike as well and it doesn't look quite as good as this movie but it looks really good and i can't believe you really can't find it anywhere like you'd have to torrent it or i mean it's on youtube but not translated but it's crazy. It's the two characters who show up in this movie, and it looks gorgeous. And I guess they made that as a pilot and decided, eh, there's not enough here to turn this into a show. So then they took those characters and just those ideas and developed this movie around it, which is crazy. Um, but let's um, let's take a little scene from the movie. Well, actually, let's do the trailer first, and then we'll say, show a race sequence. Let's check out the trailer. From the director of Animatrix World Record and the studio that brought you Summer Wars, Ninja Scroll, and Paprika comes one of the most exciting and visually inventive films in years, Redline! entertainment with their corny promos but yeah uh that gives you an idea of just the visual richness and total insanity of the movie um but here's a scene uh a race sequence that i think really underlines it let's watch this someone's having doubts huh hell i'm just trying to keep this thing interesting can't write me off like that it's just a voice pal you don't know a damn thing about racing Riding hard, holding a position at the head of the pack. 
You better watch out, though, because JP's Trans Am is going to fast on the tail. So, pretty insane. That's yeah. a, that's from the beginning of the movie, which starts with the final yellow line race, and it's like a 10-minute sequence that just dumps you right into the action. Um, this movie uh, made a decent amount of money when it came out. It was a, a moderate success, and Koike Hasun, uh, he moved on to do The Legend of uh, Fujiko Mine, and he's done a couple of Lupin movies, the two most recent Lupin movies, and they also look dynamite. Um so if you haven't seen it, you should. Whether Even if you don't really like racing, if you just want to see beautiful animation and crazy character designs, I think it's worth seeing. Um, and if you do For like sure. racing, that's a bonus. <clears throat> right? Anything to add? No. You did a masterful job cool. of wrapping it up. Yeah, cool. All right. So that brings us to our question of the week, which is, what's your favorite racing movie? Which... I thought we had already talked about, but I guess we hadn't. So we're gonna have some fun and talk about racing. Do you? Uh, are you a car racing aficionado in any way? Uh, aficionado, I think, probably is stronger than I. But I watch parts of Indianapolis 500 and the Daytona 500. Like, I don't have enough interest to watch four hours worth of a yeah. race. Like anybody who doesn't really like a sport, doesn't love a sport, it's always like, well, why don't they just do the last five minutes of a basketball game or the last right. 20 laps of a car race? But I like the strategy involved in it, and I like cars. Um, but I don't. I would never like camp out for three days in the infield of a NASCAR race, but I'll watch it on TV. I like... Um, I like Formula One and... Uh, I like Formula One and um, rally, rally racing. racing probably. They don't show that on yeah. TV that much. You gotta look at like the weird in-between yeah. channels. When they when the speed network used to be a thing, they yeah. used to show and then fuel and they used to show seventies and eighties rally races and Monaco stuff on Sunday mornings, and I used to watch that because it was just so cool to see the designs and the you know how they photographed stuff, high speed stuff back then. Um, but I don't really like NASCAR, and I never have. I used to like it when I was a kid, and they called it stock car racing. Because I would wait for a crash. That would really be the reason to watch. Yeah, that's pretty much still the reason. But as an adult, I don't really watch NASCAR or care for it at all. Um, I find it boring. Um, except when they crash, which is great. Yeah. Um, but so first up for me is a classic from 1966. It was the fifth highest grossing film that year. Uh, and that's uh, John Frankenheimer's Grand Prix um, this starred. This was one of the old school '60s international cast. Big, you know, has an intermission in the middle. It's a three-hour movie. It's like classic '60s big-time movie. It has stars a, uh, a bunch of movie stars from a bunch of different countries. Yves Montan from France, Toshiro Mifune from Japan, and of course the great James Garner as the lead character. So. Uh, Grand Prix follows um, the James Garner character as he basically um, takes on Monaco and is part of a racing team. And he's sort of um, the question in the movie is whether or not he's going to be able to get out of his own way because he's sort of brash and doesn't um, he's not quite a hot shot. He's more of an almost has been. He's this is kind of his last shot to 
to not fuck it up. Um, and so this race is super important to him. And he mopes around a lot. His character's kind of a dick. But, like, the movie is great. And it's the racing sequences were shot in part by Saul Bass, the legendary... Um, the legendary uh, designer who also did the titles for Hitchcock's uh, Psycho and a bunch of other movies, Vertigo. He did opening sequences of a lot of movies with his wife, but he also shot a lot of these racing sequences, which for the time were super um, sort of in the car in a way that people had a much harder time doing in the 60s because camera rigs were so huge. It was really hard to give great point of view shots. And this movie just excelled at the racing footage um and that's one of the reasons i love it i mean it's got good drama too but the racing footage is incredible so we're gonna show uh one scene where a character crashes into the mediterranean sea and just look at the editing and the pov shots and just think about that this is from 1966 and it's cut and shot in a way where it looks like it could have been made yesterday so check it out Nineteen sixty. That was yeah. some fucking edge of your seat stuff. And uh, a good example of why teammates in car racing is not a good idea. <laughs> yeah, but also, uh, so he spends the rest of that movie trying to live down whether or not it was his fault or the fault of the he the mechanic wasn't on his job, which is why he has a hard time. Um, his Shipping. car starts crapping out on him. Um, but yeah, Frankenheimer also responsible for maybe the one of the greatest car chases ever put to film from Ronin. Um, obviously, he likes racing. You can tell anybody who would make that sequence cares about. Yeah, racing. I mean, you give cars that have windshields and roofs and go <laughs> yeah. even faster than Formula One cars in the sixties would have yeah. gone, and that's Ronin. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And then, and then you know, uh, all the drivers really driving, like James Garner really driving, which is fucking bananas. Yeah. They would never have a star do that nowadays. Yeah, back when they were like, should we get insurance? It's like, no, nah, it's like an extra $4. Yeah. Um, so Grand Prix, you should check it out. It's on Blu-ray. It's pretty much available everywhere. If you haven't seen it and you like racing, you should. Or if you like James Garner, and I like both. I do. And I like that movie. Um Next up for me is a documentary. It's no uh, Space Cowboys. It's no but. Space Cowboys. Next up for me is a documentary from 2011, and that's The Great Senna, uh, which is a uh, documentary about Senna. And all the footage was provided by his family and his racing team. Uh, there's no narration, and it just sort of, sort of drops you into 
a key race in Senna's life and takes you basically from his first big race in 1984 to his the race that he died in in 1994 and details his rivalries and sort of what why he was an important figure in Formula One. Um, if you, even if you don't give a shit about racing, I think this is just an incredibly well-made documentary and the fact that it's all pretty much all constructed of footage from then. There's no talking yeah. heads. It's pretty much, there's no interviews. It's literally just told through all the footage from back then, which I think is amazing. It's just a really well-made documentary. And if you like racing, it's got some absolutely incredible racing footage in it. So this is the trailer for Senna. 78, I came to Europe to compete for the first time. It was pure driving. It was real racing. And that, that makes me happy. among the all-time greats. How do you feel about being world champion? It's not a bad feeling at all, is it? Ayrton has a small problem. He thinks that he can't kill himself. And I think that's very dangerous. We are competing to win. And if you no longer go for a gap, you're no longer a racing driver. I was treated like a criminal. Their decision is my decision. I can't stand this. Walking away from the dark forces just doesn't become an option. I was not going to give up. So have any of your girlfriends ever asked you to go faster? Yeah. There was an energy, a force, a spirit. It was electrifying. the last time either of them would be on the podium. Ayrton ran out of luck. There is a lot to go, a lot to learn, a lot to do. But I have plenty of time. Pure driving. New racing. That makes me happy. So yeah, really good movie and yeah. uh, details his rivalry with uh, Alain Prost, who was his teammate. So your point again. Yeah. Uh, and Alain- Turns out the race car drivers, <laughs> it's, it's really the owners that are a big yeah. fan of the teammates, not yeah. so much the drivers. Uh, turns out that Alain Prost was upset with this movie because um, they, he and Senna were teammates and then they had a falling out because of their rivalry. And then he says that before Senna died they had sort of become friends again but that movie doesn't reflect that so he was like this movie's bullshit I leave it for you to judge uh, and then finally uh, a movie that was a huge flop when it came out um, and critically reviled but I like and has sim- since been somewhat rehabilitated uh, by critical reexamination, and that's 2008's Speed Racer uh, by the Wachowskis um, I uh, grew up with, of course, the Speed Racer cartoon, and when this movie was coming out, I thought that looks like a bag of shit. It really did in the trailer. Yeah, um, and uh, it took me years before I actually saw it because all the reviews were like, "This is garbage." You know, not all the reviews, but a lot. Yeah, um, enough. And I don't remember. I read somebody's reappraisal of the movie and thought, "Well, I'll give it a whirl." I tend to like most of the Wachowskis. Despite the fact that they make sometimes ridiculous stuff, I like how they always swing for the fences. Um, and I watched. That's it. definitely the case in this movie. Like, I mean, they're not holding they're not, anything back. I mean, they basically wanted to make a live action anime, and to this day, I think it's the only anime live action adaptation that's good. Um, I thought. I thought. I think it's great. It's super fun racing footage. It definitely gets the spirit of the show. It feels like the '60s, but 
now. Um, and it, I love um, the Racer X, uh, Matthew Fox's yeah. Racer X voice because he literally gets the dub voice perfect. perfect. He talks like Racer X. But um, if you like the show or you know what the show is, this is a good two hour encapsulation of the show. Uh, it's just a totally bubblegum fun movie about the the power of racing and family and fun should have made the promo i know i should have uh so let's check out i think this is a clip just to give you an idea of just how bananas this movie is that's better couldn't see a thing that's it nice line tricks top of the hill's coming up i'd say snake's got about a quarter of a mile on you Alright, let's go get him. If he'd been a little more careful, he wouldn't be ahead of us. I told you, I couldn't see a thing out of his dang helmet. I can't believe you talked us into this ridiculous idea. What's ridiculous about it? You're the ones who were saying I'm a better driver than most of the WRL. Now's not the time to prove it. Why not? It's too dangerous. Oh, it's too dangerous for me, but not for you, right? Children, focus. We're going to have a chance. We're going to have to pass Snake before the rendezvous. I'm ready. Let's roll. Go get him, girl. Ah, here they come. Let's pick it up. Take him with pleasure. Bring it on. Come on. Gloves are off and they're pounding one another, bumper to bumper, rail to rail. Take that, Toga God! Behind some very aggressive driving by speed racer. You kidding me? Just toss like a new tailpipe. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, they are making a kids movie, but taking a very Dayglo '60s meets '80s anime approach. So it really it's, is like yeah, a totally, specific audience. It's totally bananas. Uh, I, the fact that they thought this would become a big hit with kids is fucking hilarious to me, but yeah. it's still a cool experiment. And I and would I, have to be a weird movie to make just sitting in a chair, making your poop cool face like this. going back and <laughs> yeah. forth. Like, yeah. Um, but I enjoy, uh, I enjoyed it and I think it's an underappreciated, uh, gem. Yeah. When you told me you watched it and liked it, I believe I told you you're out of your fucking mind yeah. and then, uh, stood corrected as you often do from time to time. Uh, up first for me is uh, perhaps the greatest racing movie of all time, 1990s Tony Scott Magnum Opus Days of Thunder. Is it Tony Scott's Magnum Opus? I don't think so. Well, uh, no, but just trying to sell it. Just give it some gravitas. Yeah. It's a Jerry Bruckheimer movie. You got to come come with <laughs> some the real 90s Coke. promo. This is a real 90s Coke movie right here. Yeah, this is this should be called Cocaine and Overages <laughs> instead of Days of Thunder. Um, this, this is prime cruiser. Tom Cruise's whole career was pretty much the guy who's really good at X in any movie except right. for like one or two. Yeah. And this is prime young yeah. Cruise as hotshot yeah. blank. Can yeah. he get out of his own way? It's uh, <laughs> Color of Money, Top Gun, Cocktail, cocktail like Days of Thunder, all, uh, Far and Away, uh, Bit of a Stretch. The, all the Right Moves. Yeah. Like it just goes on and on and on and on and on. Taps now. Mission Impossible. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, other than like War of the Worlds and like maybe uh, the Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Because War of the Worlds, he was just a yeah. shit ass mechanic. But like every other, even now, he's still playing Reacher. 
Yeah, Ethan Bless Hunt. his heart. They're all <laughs> yeah, fun movies. Just, yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Not an amazing actor, but a hell of a movie star. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, Praise Zenu. I mean, who else could pull off Cole Trickle? <laughs> Is that the character's name? Cole yeah. Trickle? Nice. You only ever hear Cole. 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 With uh, Robert Robert Duvall, Duvall as Harry something something. Yeah, the Bruckheimers, they like Robert Duvall. They brought his ass in for supporting roles in a lot of different Bruckheimer movies. Yeah. Um, Gone in 60 Seconds. Randy Quaid is the owner of the race team, and he brings in Cole and convinces Harry and a young um, John C. Riley as an up-and-coming mechanic as well. That's probably why John C. Riley got, his, got in um, Talladega Nights. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's got the most street cred around. Yeah. And uh, probably not still young even then, Michael Rooker, as um, Rowdy Burns. <laughs> uh, so Cole doesn't want to race NASCAR. He wants to race Formula One. And he's an open-wheel racer, but you can't get to Formula One unless your name's Andretti or whatever. I don't remember the line exactly. got to be a Euro. Um, and a stock car's a stock car. So he figures the car's not going to beat him. Gotcha. Uh, and he's he learns the hard way. That rubbing. That rubbing is racing. Yeah. Uh, so this is uh, an opening run at uh, whatever they call Wilkesboro in the 90s. And he's, he's just testing out the car to show if he's got the guts. Gotcha. And he's not supposed to go too fast, uh, but he drops the hammer. So let's check out this scene. One flat. That's good enough to take the pole in the last race here. <laughs> Hell, I thought this was going to be a joke. You never drove a stock car before? Yeah, sprints mainly. What's your name? Buck Brotherson. What's yours? Cole Trickle. It's damn nice to meet you, Buck. Damn nice to meet you, too, Cole. You unlucky son of a bitch in that tunnel turn. That car was way out of shape. Well, you think it was luck? Let's do it again. You run good? Thank you. Now go get your own car. We'll see how you do in the crowd. So, how come you don't stick to open wheels? Lost my ride. After two championships and seven straight wins, you were fired. I lost my ride. Doesn't matter. I'd quit regardless. Why is that? Wasn't going anywhere. Well, where do you want to go? Indianapolis. Yeah, straight to the top. This movie sucks. Sorry. Okay. No, I, didn't see, I, saw, I saw it when I was young and thought it sucked then. Quentin Tarantino says this is the movie that uh, Grand Prix and Le Mans should have been. Yeah. Not my words. Quentin's wrong. Quentin likes uh, a lot of cocaine, too. Yeah. So you probably see something in this movie that I don't. It's just a quality about it. I don't know what it yeah, is. I don't know what it is. Uh, I guess he likes sunset filters and uh, musical montages. Who doesn't? Not me, I guess. Guess not. They... Uh, they didn't have a script when they started. Didn't have a finished script. No shit. At some point, they uh, were shooting scenes that they decided putting cue cards in the car was a good idea. And the cruiser smashed his car. So then they started giving him a little earpiece to feed him lines. Um, cool. You can't tell because the direction is so amazing. So fucking good. And the yeah. acting is on yeah. spot. Um, gotcha. But yeah. That's hilarious. Uh, Rest in peace, Tony Scott. Indeed. Lost a good one. Uh, next for me, 
Lost a, a marginal a one. A director who made a lot of movies. <laughs> a marginal one. A lot of fun movies. Uh, I hate to speak ill of the dead. Uh, Ron Howard is not dead, and he directed <laughs> Rush. Only on the inside is Ron Howard dead. 2013. This is our new pre flight picture. Look at that bad wig. <laughs> no, no, Daniel Otiel. Daniel. Daniel. Uh, when you're born in Spain and grew up in Germany, they let you play any European possible. <laughs> yeah, you just possible. the Euro. There's just the... And when you're Chris Hemsworth, you play whoever the fuck yeah, you want. you play a beautiful man in every single movie <laughs> every you're movie. ever <laughs> going to be in for the rest of your life. <laughs> At what point do I take off my shirt? Don't worry, it's like ten minutes in. Okay, cool. It's like, okay. Because yeah. I did all this work and it would be a shame to waste it. Uh, this movie follows these two gentlemen in uh, 1976's Formula One... So race. based on a true story. Right? Yeah. I mean, these guys... A rivalry between who are yeah. the real drivers? Um, James Hunt and Nikki... What's Nikki's last name? Uh, Nikki Flanner. Yeah. Uh, Nikki, Lauda. Nikki, oh, Nikki Lauda. Nikki yeah. Lauda. I had to do the yeah. voice in my head. Um, so Chris Hemsworth's character, uh, James Hunt, is a long-haired, attractive man and a hell of an auto racer. He's got a hell of a burden. So life has been cruel to him, <laughs> and he's on Formula. I guess it's two. It feels like maybe it's three, but he's anyway. in the yellow line. Yeah, he's in the yellow line, and he gets a shot to go to the red line. And uh, James Hunt knows that you don't have a whole lot of time on this earth, and uh, you might as well go fast. So his whole thing is, "Fuck it, I'm going for it." And, his whole uh, thing is he lives his life a quarter mile at a time. Yeah. And uh, sorry, it's uh, <laughs> pretty good. Like Vin Diesel, pretty good Vin Diesel. Uh, the overly long tagline for this movie is more powerful than the fear of death is the will to win. Yeah, the, the this all of the advertising for this movie was fucking terrible. It's actually a good movie. Yeah, but I didn't much wanna... like Speed Racer. I was like, yeah. that movie looks. I didn't want to see it just, just because it was a biopic, and I don't normally give a yeah. shit about biopics. And, and you feel like you just want to watch Senna instead of watching yeah, this movie. But exactly. Which they do a great to me, job. Senna is a better movie, but this, but yeah. it's kind of hard to beat the real right. racing footage. Um, so let's check out the trailer that tells you literally the entire movie. <laughs> So if you don't want to know, don't tune in for the next three minutes. Emergency. That was the racetrack. There's been an accident. The driver's been injured. He's coming in now. Hello. I think the racetrack telephoned ahead that I was coming. Hunt. James Hunt. I had a friendly disagreement with another driver about his wife. Why? What did you do? I'd be happy to show you if you like. Jane can be a loose cannon. But in terms of raw talent, there is no better driver in the world. Why don't they make it safer? Risk of death turns people off. Who's that? It's Nicky Lauda. He's just been signed by Ferrari. They're both quicker than you, with better setting up the car. James Hunt is a proven winner at the highest level. Is there a question why you're just trying to piss me off? This is an incredible battle between these two drivers. I heard about this thing with Nikki. Everyone has. James, do you think you can cope with the pressure? To be a champion, you have to really believe it. You're just a party guy. They're killing us out there. You're too far back. I'm quicker than all of you. And James Hunt is out. It's over. fear of death itself is the will to win. Which is why I'm here begging. You really think you can beat him? Trust me. Today with the rain, it's the most dangerous trick in the world. That all depends on how good you are in the rain. Let's race. Talk to me, James. Don't go to men who are willing to kill themselves driving in circles looking for normality. Nicky Lauda, trapped in a searing inferno of 800-plus degrees. I feel responsible for what happened. Watching you win those races, you were equally responsible for getting me back in the car. Showdown between you and Nicky is all anyone wants to see. 
The music in that trailer is terrible. fucking terrible. terrible. And the other thing, I, the thing that bugs me about this movie, although it's a good movie, is the they use that like soft focus filter to make things it's look like old. Yeah, like it's so crazy that they did that. I have no idea why. Um, but it is a fascinating true life story about those two guys and how and the difference in the two personalities. Yeah, and, like everybody wanted to be Hunt, so he had everything. Like everybody loved him. Yeah, it's like come on, tons of, tons of charisma. And Lauda was more of like a weird, super focused kind of dick, and nobody wanted him to win, and he just was always showing everybody yeah. up. His will to win yeah. was even greater than the uh-huh. whatever the line Very is. Very good point. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, Rush. Yeah. Not as good as the other movie called Rush. <laughs> With Jason Patrick as the narc. Right. Or is better than Rush Hour, which is also a good movie. It is better than Rush Hour, yes. Um, And not better than Rush the Band. (laughs) Although maybe late Rush, yes, but early Rush probably not. Yeah. You just pissed off a lot of... uh, Rush fans? I don't think there are any. (laughs) uh, Northeastern 45-year-olds? 45-year-old dudes. I don't think so. Uh, Tulane Blacktop rounds out my list of favorite racing movies even though this movie is really it's more about life than it's it is more about. of an existential yeah it's a it's aw- it's a road awesome. movie i love the movie though more than a race movie racing movie but james, it is about a race james taylor and brian wilson's only acting dennis wilson dennis wilson's only only acting yeah. appearances it seems weird that they would be in the movie at all and then seems almost weirder that they would never do another one yeah well, i guess james taylor thought he was terrible in the movie yeah which I don't think he is. He's not bad at all. He just yeah. doesn't have much to do. But I mean, he's not. Yeah, I mean the he's super dry. But it's like right. that's the character. Yeah, I mean the characters are the mechanic, the driver, and the girl, the girl <laughs> yeah. in GTO. The, yeah. It's not even no the one other has driver. Any names. Yeah, Warren Oates drives a GTO, and his character is GTO. Yeah, Warren Oates is the shit. Yeah, and uh, you might know him as the uh, drill sergeant from Stripes. <laughs> If you're, that's still a way older <laughs> no one, reference. No anyone one, watching no this, one no one knows War Notes. Um, so this movie was seventy-one Monty Hellman, who uh, went on to produce, produced Reservoir Dogs, was mm-hmm. uh, his collaboration with a couple of uh, late sixties, early seventies. Jack Nicholson movies, um, One Eyed Jacks, yeah, and a, and a couple others. I mean, he he was he was part of the he was, '60s film yeah. movement, but sort of lower tier. Yeah, he, got he didn't have up the with Corman was a little more. Yeah, he he took Roger Corman's money and made a bunch of weird existential westerns and made this weird existential racing movie. Car movie. But he also made a bunch of schlock too. Like he's just a weird right. director. Um, but yeah, he made at least one classic. Um, this is the scene where they sort of set up what is kind of the idea of the movie, but even though it's not really about it in the end and not really the point of the movie, but, uh, these, not these, cause this isn't the image that I thought it was, uh, Dennis Wilson. I keep wanting to say Brian Wilson. Sorry. Dennis Wilson and James Taylor are driving around this 55 Chevy and they're making money by doing drag races in little towns in the Southwest. And they keep bumping into Warren Oates' character. And so they come up with this race that I didn't know until I was looking to see uh, when this movie was made, that it was the, this movie was the basis of the real cannonball run race that they came up with, which is like, let's go from here to there. So they're racing to Washington, D.C., uh, and they're going to race for pinks, which is, uh, I want to do it too, but to I don't think car, is a yeah. thing anymore. Yeah. Um, so let's check out this scene. How you doing? Freedom's just another Fine. word for Better. I think we got us a squirrel to run. Nothing ain't worth nothing. But it's 
It ends up that it's not about the race. It's about no, the journey. Man. Yeah, it's about the journey. They don't even really care. No. They, they just, just don't they just, like him, so they're like fucking with him. Yeah. But then in the end, what do? they fuck themselves. <laughs> uh, those are some of our favorite racing movies. Let's see how they line up with the Adult Swim Facebook picks. <laughs> Tokyo Drift. Of all the Fast and Furious movies, to pick Tokyo Drift is hilarious to me, but sure. Yeah. I love all the Fast and Furious movies, so I'm not going to complain. Sure. Red Line, Speed Racer, Death Race, if we're talking about the old school Death I don't Race. Think we are. The new Death Race is a bag of shit, and then Rush. Well, I guess the new Death Race is Death Race 2000, so probably yeah, it is. Probably the OG Death yeah. Race, yeah. Um, so let's check out the Toonami Facebook uh, picks. Redline, Rush, Speed Racer, Cars, <laughs> and the original Fast and the Furious, which I think is superior to Tokyo Drift. I prefer the original Cars, Doc Hollywood, to uh, <laughs> Cars. <laughs> uh, thank you for uh, letting us know your thoughts on favorite racing movies. You're uh, welcome. I don't care about your thoughts. Oh, I thought thank you were talking to me. people who voted on Facebook. I see. That makes more sense yeah. now. Um, so let's uh, talk about some sneak peeks. we got a bunch of stuff to go through. First up, we have a topical for Dragon Ball Super, episode 62, airing this Saturday night at 10.30 p.m. Uh, and we actually got the episode, so let's check this out. On the next all-new episode of Dragon Ball Super. Wow, he's holding his own... Father, I want you to take Goku and get back to your timeline, okay? I'll hold them off and give them everything I've got. But in case I fail, you need to find a way to defeat them. We can't just go. You take me for a coward. I'm not going to leave you here. No, he's right. It's the only way to save his future. You agree with this? Dragon Ball Super, Saturday at 10.30. Only Toonami on Adult Swim. I like Trunks being willing to sacrifice himself, and Vegeta's like, are you calling me a coward? <laughs> like, calm down, Vegeta. This isn't about you for once. Uh, that'll be on 1030. Uh, and then this week is a big premiere for us, and we are finally showing My Hero Academia, uh, which it took us a couple years to get a hold of because there were some rights availability issues. But no, it's because we- you're a liar. Oh, right, because I'm a liar. And, uh, yeah, I don't tell the truth. You promised it would never be there. I promised it would never come, yeah. So uh, it took us a while to get it, but we're really happy we we did. We think it's a pretty special show, and hopefully you guys will enjoy watching it on Toonami, even though some of you have already seen it. Um, So here's a trailer for My Hero Academia premiering tomorrow night at midnight? 1130. 1130. I can't believe it! The guy's already saved 100 people at least! Look, he's got more! It was an age of heroes. Want to be a hero too, huh? More than anything, you don't stand a chance without a quirk. Even if everyone thinks I'm useless, I'm not going to give up. There are stories about every hero. How they became great. No, you idiots! Stop! Most have one thing in common. 
Their bodies moved before they had a chance to think. Why are you here? You too can become a hero. If you want to be a pro, you're going to have to push yourself to the brink. Let's go! Let's go! Put your back into it, Midoriya! Don't give up! You'd never be able to hang with the best of the best! Show who you are. Embody what it means to be a hero. When everyone's a hero, is trying your best good enough? Damn right. My Hero Academia, premiering Saturday at 11.30. If I'm being honest, this is going to be super hard. <laughs> Only Toonami on Adult Swim. Nice little promo. Yeah, nice job, Sarah. Great job, Sarah. And we love the music of Igloo Ghost. So great job, Igloo Ghost. Um, so you can see that at 1130. Um, and then because, of course, we are rotating in a new show, that means a new lineup promo. So let's check out the new Toonami lineup starting this Saturday. Saturday night belongs to Toonami. Let's do this. I am not worthy. Dragon Ball Super lights up at 10.30. I've taken Godhood to a new level. DBZ Kai brawls at 11. You My Hero Academia saves the day at 11.30. Crap, I'm gonna die! Fully Cooly gets twisted at midnight. Emergency. Other emergency has been declared. JoJo drops mayhem at 12.30. I can't wait! Strip you to shreds! Here I come! Hunter Hunter knocks out one. Oh, give it my all! And Black Clover wrecks wizards at 1.30. I'll bring this guy down! Now who's next? <laughs> Shippuden flies off the rails at 2. Space Dandy transmits the hits at 2.30. Cowboy Bebop scores at 3. Another Blackjack. And Ghost in the Shell logs in at 3.30. Toonami, every Saturday night from 10.30 to 4. Stop nerding out! <laughs> Stop nerding out. No, do nerd out. Uh, that was Dave. Yep. I nice job. Great job, Dave, editing that. Who wrote it? You? Uh, no, Dave did. Dave, nice work writing and editing, Dave. Uh, Double threat. And then finally, after last week's Behind the Scenes of Fully Cooley made such a big splash, uh, we have another in an ongoing series of Behind the Scenes Fully Cooley pieces. This one focuses more on the actual production, talking to the animators and stuff, uh, and doesn't talk about how we stole it Mm -hmm. from Suramaki. At gunpoint. At gunpoint. We just took it. Forced him. Um, so, uh, but hopefully you guys will enjoy this. We certainly enjoyed making it, uh, and there'll be more to come. But for now, here is a sneak peek of uh, the next Fully Cooly behind the scenes piece. We want to give as much freedom as possible to the new team of creators, but we needed to also set up some sort of a perimeter to work within because we needed to make sure that it still holds the integrity of Fuyukui. So we decided to use the pillows for music and the characters are so, so important. So we asked Sadamoto if he could be a part of the main character designers. He happily accepted that offer. アニメーションを作るのって集団作業なんですよね。一人であの一人のこう妄想というのか、一人の想像の中で作るんではなくて、もう何十人何百人、下手すると何千人っていう関わってくるんですけど、フリクリはこうオリジナル作品なので、最初
シーンとか内容の場合はデジタルだとこうラフをわーっと書き進めてすぐにプレビューができるのでその強みはあのすごくメリットがありますねもう日本のアニメは多分髪のは髪ので残ってくる気はしていますねフォーカスファイブ。Get the,、uh, State the county records for each. Each little area has a different record, and then some are overall.、Gotcha. So you have to, one, figure out that that's even a thing, and then two, go and do it.、So. And what do you get for doing it?、Uh, you get a fishing rod, but at that point, all you can do is fish for more fish, and you've already caught the biggest fish there are. So there's. No reason. So you could get money for the fish, but the other than that, which you don't need at that point. Which you don't need for fish. Yeah. You don't need in a rod that catches fish no better than the ones you had、right. prior to that. <laughs> cool. So let's check it out. Welcome to another edition of One Man's Trash, where I search the bowels of mediocrity and search for something shiny. Today we're playing Far Cry 5, which is a game I was really looking forward to, and I liked it, but I didn't love it.、Um, it was a little over the top, and I got kind of tired of being kidnapped over and over again. But oddly enough, something I did like was the fishing, something I don't give a shit about in real life. It was super peaceful and relaxing, and、uh, just sort of a zen like moment. And when you're rolling with the animals as your sidekicks, they just kind of play in the water and swim around. There's two trophies that are associated with this pastime,、um, one of which is Been There, Done That, which is doing all of the hunting and fishing trophies. So you just run through the woods and pointlessly slaughter all the innocent animals and catch all the fish that you can. But then there's a special fishing rod that you can only get if you catch the biggest fish in each county. And this is where it gets kind of hard because they don't ever explain this at all in the game. But at each of the three main outposts, somewhere on the wall, there's a list of fish and little weights next to them. And once you get the biggest ones, you get ribbons. And once you get all of the ribbons, it unlocks this other fishing rod, which is totally pointless. And that's what we're trying to do today. Some of the fish are just anywhere in the game, and then some of the fish are specific to each region. What you need to do is find the hard fishing spots for each of these fish and go there and catch the biggest ones you can, or the bigger than the record is. It's random what they weigh, so some of the places you just have to fish for a while.、Um, and they also don't give you any indication of when you actually. Catch the biggest fish. So get a pen and a paper and settle in because it's going to take a while. This wasn't a particularly stressful one man's trash, but it was extra super pointless. So it still counts for certain classifications. Because although you do get a new fishing rod at the end and you do get a trophy, which didn't matter to me because I'm not going to platinum this game anyway,、uh, you don't get anything else because the fishing rod that you get for doing the mission. Is great. I mean, it's good enough that you caught all the other best blue ribbon fish around, and there's no more reason to need to fish. You don't need any more money. So it's just sort of the satisfaction of a job well done, which is what we're all about here. But you do get the reward of getting cheeseburger and peaches up to your favorite fishing hole way in the Northwest Mountains where it's just you, and you just settle back and fish some more. If you've got something fun or dumb for me to do in a video game, hit me up at StupidGill and let me know. Good another, job, me. Another pointless endeavor. Thank you.、Uh, well done. <laughs> and then finally, we have this week's Adult Swim single, which is、uh, a part of an ongoing series. This is track number 56.、Uh, we are six to four to six weeks out from the final Adult Swim singles.、Um, so we're getting some of the bigger names in. And so、uh, up this week is Future Islands, who I like very much.、Uh, their last album was great. And they have a new song for us called Calliope. So let's give that a whirl. 
This flickering hope is a slippery slope. Be set with all the notes and pictures of you. Push too hard to know, push the envelope. And I got what I required, but not what I desired. Not what I desired. Great song. So you can check that out at adultswim.com slash singles along with the other 55 songs we've released and come back next week for another new jam. And another new jam from us. Oh, well, and something from us, yeah. Some more talking and snark and sort of half-bored presentation. You're such an optimist. No, I mean, I'm just saying that's what it is. So come back. At this point, it's not a mystery if you're still watching. So come back. Speaking of non-mysteries, stick around uh, while we play PUBG Humpers. PUBG Humpers is up next. Uh, Right now. And maybe one Mike Lazo. Mike Lazo will will be be either commenting, commentating, or he will be in front of the camera and you will get to see him uh, learn the game. Yeah, learn the game. Bye. Bye. Tsunami, every Saturday night from 10.30 p.m. to 4 a.m. 